Mesechus Baruchas Parak Dalad Mishnah Vav until Parak Hey Mishnah Base. We mentioned in the previous Mishnah that although ideally one should face the Base Hamikdash, the most inner part of the Base Hamikdash, the Kodesh Hakadoshim, when he davens Shmona Esrei, we said that if you're not able to for whatever reason, if you can at least face part of your body there, then you should. But if you can't even do that, then it's enough just to envision in your mind standing in front of the Kodesh Hakadoshim. This Mishnah will cite another couple of examples where this would be applicable. Hayyoshib is Fina if he was sitting in a boat over Koroin or in a wagon, over Asta or on a raft. And the common factor between these three things is that usually, at least in those days, one would not know the direction towards the Beis Hamikdash. So he wouldn't know which way to face. And therefore, like we said in the previous Mishnah, he should direct his heart, his thoughts, towards the Kodesh HaKadoshim, even though his body is not necessarily facing that direction. Now there's actually another thing which is similar with all these three things. And that is that it's very difficult to stand still and maintain your balance. If you're in the sea, if you're in the water, if you're on a, on a moving vehicle, it's difficult to stand still as well. So even if you would know the direction towards the Beis HaMikdash, you should sit down while you're saying it so that you'll be able to concentrate properly on the words as opposed to concentrating on maintaining your balance. Mishnah Zion, we're now going to bring in to our Masechta the Tefillah of Musaf. We've discussed the times for Shachris, Mincha, Mariv. Now we go on to the topic of Musaf. Musaf, as we know, is said on days which have a bit of extra holiness to them, Shabbos, Yom Tov, Rosh and the main difference between Musaf and all the other tefillahs is that whereas Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv is made up of praising Hashem, it's made up of asking Hashem for things, it's made up of thanking Hashem, the main body of Musaf, and the main purpose of Musaf, is to commemorate the Korban Musaf, the sacrifice which was brought on these days. Although the other three prayers are also linked to the respective Korbanus, which were brought at that time of the day, their purpose is not to commemorate the Korban, although that is something which they do. Whereas when it comes to Musaf, the point of Musaf is as a commemoration of the Korban Musaf. And because of this, Rabbi Lozman Azariah Omer, according to Rabbi Lozman Azariah, aim to fill us Hamusafin Er, the obligation to pray Musaf is only in a congregation, in a tzibur, a minyan. But an individual does not need to daven Musaf. So one reason is, as we explained, the whole Musaf is a commemoration of the Korban Musaf, which was brought by the congregation, by the Tzibur as a unit. And another reason why the obligation is specifically on the congregation is that we're more lenient when it comes to Musaf. The meaning of Musaf, by definition, is the added one. It's added on, it's the extra. It's not as obligatory as the other three tefillahs, and therefore we're lenient on the individual, according to Rebbe Azariah, and we say that only if you're part of the minion do you need to daven Musaf. However, Musaf applies whether you're in a congregation, whether you're in a minion or not. Even though it's an extra, even though it's a commemoration of the sacrifice, everybody has to be involved in that. The Korban Musaf was brought for everybody. That's according to the Chachomim. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer Mishmai, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah something slightly different, a different version to the Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah which we had at the beginning of our Mishnah. According to this version of Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah, Kol Mokim Er, any place, any town where there is a congregation, where there is a minion going on, then Hayochid Potimit Tfilasam an individual is exempt from davening Musaf himself. Now according to this version, Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah actually agrees with the Chachomim that an individual is obligated to daven Musaf. However, whereas according to the Chachomim, you have to daven it yourself, or if you want somebody else to fulfill your obligation on your behalf, then you have to hear them say it. That's the Chazan's repetition of Shemona Esrei. If you hear that, then you can fulfill your obligation. On the other hand, according to this version of Rabbi Lozman Azariah, even if you're not present and you don't hear the Chazan's repetition of Shemona Esrei, you can fulfill your obligation of Musaf 
just by the fact that the chazan or the congregation, the minyan, davened musaf in your community, in your town. And the reason for this is because since the whole of Musaf is a commemoration of the Karban Musaf, the Karban Musaf was brought by an individual on behalf of the Jewish people who were not present when he brought it. And therefore the same applies for the Tefillah of Musaf, that just by the fact that somebody in your congregation, or the minion Davan Shmona Esrei, you fulfill the obligation just because they did it. Perak Hey Mishnah Aleph. This perak is very much a continuation of the previous perak, and the Mishnah tells us in Oimdim Leiz Palel Elometuch Koved Roish. One should only stand up to daven, meaning one should only approach davening out of a heaviness of his head, literally, which means out of a fear of Hashem, a sense of awe. Approach davening, realizing you're about to speak to the Creator of the world, the master power of everyone and everything. Approach davening with awe, and that way you'll be able to concentrate better during Shmona Esrei. Says the Mishnah quite famously, Chasidim Harishonim, the earlier Chasidim, the earlier very pious and righteous people, Hayushem Shah Achas, Umispalalim, they would wait for an hour contemplating and thinking about the davening, thinking about who they're about to speak to, and only then would they start davening. They spent an hour getting into the right framework first so that they could have a proper, a proper prayer. So that they could direct their hearts and their thoughts to Hashem. Now, although we can't be expected to spend an hour preparing for davening, it's very advisable to spend just 30 seconds before you daven thinking, what am I about to do? And it's amazing how these 30 seconds can tra- transform the next half an hour. Your entire davening will change just as a result of 30 seconds. Think for 30 seconds before you start davening. What am I about to do? Is one of the best ways to increase your kavana in prayer. Previously in the Masechta, we've discussed when one can interrupt in during Shema and in between the sections of Shema in order to greet somebody or to answer somebody's greeting. And we're going to see now that when it comes to Shemona Esrei, the laws are more strict and one can interrupt less when it comes to Shemona Esrei than he can during Shema. Because you need to concentrate more during Shemona Esrei, you're speaking to Hashem directly. And therefore, even if there's a king greeting you and asking of your welfare, you should not answer him. Even if you've got a snake wrapped around your heel, you shouldn't interrupt, you shouldn't stop your Shemona Esrei in order to deal with it. Of course, it goes without saying, if there's a danger to life, of course you should interrupt. So you've got to understand our Mishnah to be referring to a Jewish king, to a snake which isn't poisonous, which doesn't bite. But of course, if there was a danger to life involved, then one should certainly interrupt in order to avert that danger. Mishnah base. Our Masechta is developing more into Shuan Esrei, it's going more into the specifics, and now our mission is going to focus on a couple of additions which we add into Shuan Esrei on certain days of the year. And the first one is Mashfor Ruach. We start saying this on Shemini Atzeres, we say it all, in, all the way until Pesach, and the point of Mashfor Ruach is to praise Hashem for rain and for the wind. We're not asking Hashem for rain and wind. Mashfor Ruach Mod Hagesha means the one who makes the wind blow and he makes the rain come down. We're praising Hashem for doing that. And therefore, it's got to be in one of the first three brachas, because those are the ones praising Hashem. And the Mishnah tells us, We mentioned the power of rain, meaning we praise Hashem for the rain which he brings down, in the bracha about about bringing the dead to life when Mashiach comes. And that is the bracha of Atah Gibor, the second bracha of Shona Esrei. And the reason for this is because rain does a very similar thing. Rain also brings life to all the vegetation, all the plants, and of course animals end up eating the plants, people end up eating the animals. Rain really does bring about and sustain life, and therefore it's fitting that it is in the bracha of bringing things to life. Now what about asking for rain? When do we do that? So that's the words of the same Talumot HaRivracha. We ask Hashem to give 
dew and rain as a blessing. And when do we say that? We ask for rain in the bracha where we bless the years. That's when we daven for a parnasa, sustenance, that there be produce in the fields. And of course, rain is very much necessary for that. And therefore, it is certainly fitting that the bracha where we ask Hashem for rain is the bracha where we ask Hashem for sustenance to allow us to have a living. Okay, and now we come to the third and final addition which our Mishnah will discuss, and that is Havdalah, mentioning the separation between Shabbos and a weekday, and this is added every Motzei Shabbos in Mariv, and the question of our Mishnah is, when exactly and in which bracha does Havdalah fit? So according to the Tanakhama, the Havdalah, we mention Havdalah, this idea of separation, in the bracha of Chinadas at the reason being that this is the first bracha, which is a weekday bracha. The first three brachas apply both on Shabbos and on the weekday. Atochonin is the first weekday bracha, and therefore that's already where you see the separation between Shabbos and a weekday. And therefore we mention this idea of Havdalah in Chonin Hadas. However, according to Rabbi Akiva, since the subject of Havdalah doesn't really have much to do with Atochonin, it shouldn't be said as part of that bracha, rather next to that bracha. So it should be said at the beginning of the weekday brachas, and therefore Umra bracha revias vifne atzma, one should say it as a fourth bracha in and of itself, and then go on to atochenein and finish when esrei. And now we have a third opinion, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, it's in a totally different place in Shemona esrei, and that is behidoa in the bracha of thanks, i.e. moidim. Just before Va'al Kulam, we say it over there because, according to Rebilyeza, one of the main points of mentioning Havdalah is to thank Hashem for giving us the ability to see the separation between Shabbos and a weekday, between day and night, light and dark. We're thanking Hashem for that and therefore it is fitting to place this addition into Shemona Esrei in the bracha of Moidim, where we thank Hashem for everything else.